What's up, everybody? You're listening to No Coast Cinema here on WGN+. Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. I'm Connor Cornelius. And we are so glad to be with you here in this new year. It's 2018. Yep, and it's starting off to a great start. Yeah. Uh, since it is now 2018, we really want to dig into a little bit of what we can look forward to in terms of the greatest, greater cinema world. Uh, I know we usually f- like to focus on filmmakers here in Chicago, and we're going to have plenty of that coming in this new year going to be talking to a lot of great people but we wanted to talk a little bit about the movies that we're seeing every week you know as much as we love chicago cinema there's a whole wide world of uh cinema out there that's coming out this year things that look interesting things that look a little bit boring a little yeah. bit stale but we want to give you a little bit of a primer on what we can expect for this year so uh, we both have kind of these lists of uh, most anticipated films of 2018. Uh, I'm going from this list from filmschoolrejects.com. Great website. They break down a lot of the big and s- kind of small releases that are coming out a little bit more uh, strange or esoteric. But it's a good, it's a healthy mix. And Connor, you've got a I list pulled a list of like 30 films that are getting the like major release worldwide. Right, and it's important to look at these because the greater cinema culture does influence what people are doing in Chicago, whether it's in agreement with or when Chicago is kind of the antithesis to the greater cinema culture in the U.S. and around the world. So, Connor, if you want to start us off with something, what do you got? So the probably the first thing that I wanted to talk about, one of the things I'm most excited for is director and writer Alex Garland is coming back, and you probably know him from making the movies Ex Machina and 28 Days Later. And Annihilation is a fantasy science fiction thriller, uh, and it's got Natalie Portman, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh, who the last movie that I think that she made was maybe she was in Hateful Good Time. Eight. She's in Good Time. Oh, really? Yeah, she's okay. she's in Good Time, but she's I mean, fantastic actress. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the book Annihilation, written by Jeff Vandermeer, mm-hmm. I believe is his name, uh, follows a scientific expedition of an all, it's all female. So from from what I've been told now, I don't I haven't really been following this movie and I feel bad because I do love Alex Garland. I think he's a really interesting guy. And I was a big fan of Ex Machina. And that was his big directorial debut because he was writing a lot. He wrote 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. And he wrote yeah. I believe he wrote The Beach, which was a um, was that the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yeah, that he was wrote Leonardo. that. Yeah. Oh, shit. If I'm not mistaken, that's what I'm I'm pretty sure that is uh, what he did. But he's been doing things all over the place for a while, and uh, now he's getting into this directing game. And I feel like I should be following this closer, but I don't know. It was – I saw the trailer. It looked cool. It looked a little standard, though. I, I feel like, okay, it's a science fiction adaptation of a book. But also, do you remember when you, where you, like, do you remember your experience that you had after you watched the trailer for Ex Machina? Because that's kind of how I felt. Is I, it sort of just looked like a slow science fiction movie that wasn't really going in a huge, you know, it wasn't going in many directions, I suppose, is how I felt after watching the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember watching the trailer for Ex Machina. Um, it was uh, maybe several it, years ago. Maybe because it was so stale. I ended up seeing it kind of on just, just like a whim. Like I I went to the, my local theater and they had Ex Machina playing. And 
I had heard good things, so I decided, why not? I'm going to give this movie a fair shake. I love Oscar Isaac. Uh, Domino Gleason was really coming into my consciousness as a, as a film viewer, so I said, I really like this. It seems like a cool concept, and I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is actually a lot better than I would have expected. Yeah, it was one um, of my favorite movies of the year, for sure. Yeah, that was, I mean, I want to say that was back in 2015? 15, yeah. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander's performance, also probably one of my favorites of the year. Uh, she actually... She is is an Academy Award winner, but not for Ex Machina. Uh, she was nominated for the Golden Globe for that and a BAFTA Award for Best Supporting Actress in Ex Machina. But she did win the Academy Award for her role in The Danish Girl with Eddie Redmayne. So she is is an Academy Award winner. And uh, But that was a really great performance, and I really liked Ex Machina. So I feel like I should have higher expectations or be more excited for Annihilation because it is a cool concept. It looks cool cool but the trailer just fell so flat for me okay. i was just like uh this seems a little bit obvious oscar isaac's in it which i like oscar isaac but he's so ubiquitous now yeah he's just I'm getting, in everything yeah i'm a little i don't want to see oscar isaac it'd be nice to watch natalie portman again i didn't i i didn't see jackie yeah which I feel like I should have because she said people said that the best part of that movie was Natalie Portman playing Jackie Kennedy. Whoa, Jackie I would hope so. Yeah, I, mean, I, would, I would hope it is. <laughs> but um, it's 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 probably I let's let's establish a rating system here. Sure, like uh, want to see it, might see it, won't see it. Okay, I think I think that's a good way to put it. So. I'm going to put that on a might see it. That's fair. And and the thing is is that there's there's kind of a bigger story around annihilation yep. because of this deal between Netflix and Paramount. I don't know if it's completely in stone yet, but uh coming from Deadline back at the beginning of December. This is a little bit back, but uh Netflix and Paramount slash Skydance uh, were negotiating on a deal for for Annihilation that would give Netflix the international rights to that to Annihilation, so they would be basically able to stream this on their overseas Netflix services, not domestically. Seventeen days after the U.S. release, and I think that's a really interesting. You mentioned this earlier before we started. A movie like Annihilation is not going to do well in a lot of international markets besides right. the United States. Yeah, I think it's definitely maybe the UK it might do well, right. but realistically, this is the kind of movie that's going to try to make most of its budget back on the domestic box office. And with this deal, with Netflix putting this money up front, they could even <clears throat> out immediately. And I do. I don't want to like open up Pandora's box here, but we talked a lot before about the problem with Netflix's release window, for like the theatrical release in theaters to when they put it on their streaming service. Sure. If they do that strategically with only select titles that are projected to not do as well in international markets, may I don't know. Is does that alleviate some of the problem? I, like I said, I don't want to. This is obviously a big yeah, there's, question. There's but, a that's a treasure box of possibilities. But I think that it's something that you could just give like a quick, like what do you think? Do you think that that would be uh, mitigating some of the criticism that that Netflix has been receiving for that, or is it still just a problem? Well, the the financial benefit is pretty obvious for the studio if they can get Netflix to front the risk, front that money. 
so that the picture is more likely to break even or profit, then that could be a very lucrative deal for studios that might not have a massive amount of faith in a particular film. Annihilation could be a hit. Who knows? It could be a sleeper hit. Like, look at Jumanji. Yeah. It's a it's a sequel to a movie that came out like 20 years ago mm-hmm. that a lot of people have not watched in a long time. And those who did watch it kind of really love that original Jumanji with Robin Williams and uh, you know, even a Kirsten young Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. Young Kirsten Dunst in that. And People were just like, do people care about this property anymore? But the box office has shown that it got good word of mouth. Congratulations to director Jake Kasdan for yep. putting it together and, you know, with a fun cast with big enough stars to draw an audience and uh, while also producing what is by and large a pretty good movie. So you never know. Annihilation could be one of those movies. But for Paramount, who has had a lot of rough financial stuff go on in you know 2017. For most of the year. Yeah, most of the year they were just really struggling. This is a pretty great idea. For the viewing audience, I think it could potentially be good because then they don't feel like there's this risk involved with paying to go see a movie that they might hate. Uh, you can just check it out on Netflix in the comfort of your own home and decide there. And you, cause you're already paying for Netflix. You got all this other stuff. Why not give it a shot? And, you know, as we saw with the release of Netflix's original film, bright, it, is Luke? It's people want to watch original content on yeah. on Netflix. I mean, their series have been doing well, and Bright has been the first original movie that they did that was really a big success by their metric. Uh, the realistically, the only people who would hurt from this type of deal continuing is the movie theater because that typical ninety day window, like or that typical like larger window, whatever it is for a film being exclusively in theaters, that's what gets butts in seats. Right. Is saying like you're not gonna be able to see this film anywhere else. You can't like if you're if you want to wait to watch The Last Jedi, you're gonna be waiting a long time because it's not even close to done with its theatrical run. That's gonna right. go for I'd say at least another month. But wouldn't you also agree that we like as we sort of established that this movie probably won't do super well in in foreign and in international you know cinemas? Oh yeah, and by that by that point it is this is a great idea. Right. Paramount is hedging their bets here by saying go ahead Netflix, take these streaming rights. We don't really care because you know their major markets which are the US and Canada and China they it, they'll just do it. They are planning on doing a regular theatrical release, traditional theatrical release in U.S., Canada, and China. For the U.K., this could be lucrative. You know, for France, for Germany, for East, you know, for you know wherever they have Netflix, where this type of movie might not have done great in the theaters, they've just they could have just made their money back there. Right. They've they've eliminated a certain portion of that risk yeah and um, and it opens up a spot in their theater for a movie that will actually bring people in right bingo so i think it's interesting and we'll have to watch we're gonna have to watch how annihilation does because this is an interesting prospect to see how this works out and it might have larger implications for getting more movies 
into Netflix quicker, whether that's on a large scale like Hollywood level scale or on a smaller scale movies that wouldn't necessarily get a large theatrical release imagine if the disaster artist made it onto netflix within you know 20 to 30 days of its theatrical release it would have been disastrous would it i don't know (laughs) like a lot of those like even a24 they have a exclusive deal with amazon where amazon gets those movies and then you get after a certain period of time so but Amazon is not like Netflix. It's not like Netflix. Netflix is much more but, aggressive. Yeah. And that's a super aggressive stance for 17 days. But still, the ability to – the fact that I know that if I miss an A24 release in theaters, that with my Amazon Prime subscription, I can go watch Good Time or I can go watch The Witch. I can go watch uh, It Comes at Night. God, really? cer- All those A24? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's that's like a totally all, different conversation. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, and we, I, I do feel like we sort of opened up a, a, a box of a Pandora yeah. here. So I'll say that this discussion is something that we'll just have to keep watching in the future because it's a yeah. really part interesting part of the business uh, right now. So uh, one I want to point out, I'll, I guess we'll call this we'll call this a group of things I want to point out is the glut of superhero movies we're still going to be getting in 2018 and no superhero movie is encapsulating that gluttony more than probably avengers infinity Infinity war War. (laughs) which i mean and that's the only real way to say avengers infinity (laughs) war is avengers infinity Infinity war War. is to do it with two people because there's going to be i think that the grand total is over a billion people on screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Avengers Infinity War represents probably one of the most interesting uh, things to happen in spectacle cinema in the last ten to fifteen years. Yeah, because it's this, the zenith. It's the zenith of this massive undertaking, which love it or hate it is admirable and massively and successful massively successful this year represents 10 years of the marvel studios cinematic universe and it's weird to think that 10 years ago we were in what like high school middle Is it school only 10 i thought iron man came out in 2006 2008 it was 2008 yeah if wow. i'm uh if if i'm not mistaken here i want to say it's uh 10 years of the of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it came out in 2008. Wow. So this has been something that has been going on for, like, a good portion of our adult lives, of, our, like, our, our young lives. Yeah. I mean, I'm 24. Yeah. So, you know, since I was 14 years old, this has been a thing that they've been doing for better or for worse. And I'll say it. I like a lot of the Marvel films. I the, You take them as spectacle cinema right and they're they can be a lot of fun and like i'm sorry the avengers is a lot of fun the iron man iron man was a lot of fun there's a lot guardians of the galaxy i thought has been two really great big blockbuster movies but um now it's finally culminating in this big thing that they've been working on for years and regardless of how you feel you have to be at least interested to see how they pull it off right it's there's an Jokes aside, I do know that there's going to be over 30 superheroes on screen at one, at, maybe not all at once, but they're probably. Gonna be, this has got to be one of the, like, they're juggling major characters. Yeah. 
Like, it was a feat when they did it with the original Avengers. No one had really, maybe, like, the X-Men, realistically, had really done that. Yeah. But but those uh, were messy still, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think that the Avengers was very messy. I think that it was a... No, I think it was, it was tight. Yeah, I think it was very tight. They, they handled it well. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, on the side, though, they are setting up this kind of next generation of heroes because Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be doing this forever. Um, they've already talked about how they're going to be kind of retiring these initial characters that we got set up with, with Captain America and Thor and blah, 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 Iron Man, whatever. So I think one of the most important releases uh, of this or of the year, realistically, is going to be Black Panther, which comes out in February. Yeah, uh, It's the first all uh, black fronted superhero movie. And uh, I think it's going to do incredibly well. I am I am hugely anticipating this being easily like just reaching possibly like the billion mark. People are hyped. Yeah. And there's been a lot of really interesting news about it lately, too. I know that like Kendrick Lamar was added on to be doing like some of the music production. Yeah, he's doing he's doing the soundtrack. Yeah. People are on board for this. And it's really great because black panther was such a great introduction in uh one of the previous films civil war and they really wet the appetite and he's you know in the superhero world the one of the major criticisms of all this marvel stuff it's been fronted by white men and uh we we can't ignore that we simply can't and now we have a chance to have um you know more representation in these massively popular films because you're going to have this you're going to have at some point uh ant-man and the wasp Mm -hmm. so we're bringing in that female character uh we're gonna have captain marvel fronted uh by academy award winner uh brie larson this is a good time for this transition and i'm glad that marvel is saying like okay we can retire all this other stuff and make way for a new set of heroes um i'm gonna put black panther is definitely i mean it's gonna be all i'm gonna see it yeah like i don't know if must see but i will see black panther i will see avengers infinity war just to see where this all goes man and the thing is is that there's still gonna there's avengers infinity war and then there's one more after that yeah there's a second one that'll come out that like year yeah that finishes out that story Mm -hmm. so and there's just all this interesting stuff um that's going to be happening in between so i'm very curious just to see where this 10-year behemoth goes just drops its drops its kids off you know (laughs) what drops its drops its where it because this is like what phase three in marvel's four phase plan yeah like 600 years of cinema <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War marks the end of the third phase yeah. and then the beginning of the fourth phase where most of the people like you mentioned most of the people are not going to be involved in it like Right. Chris Captain Hemsworth America, will be out. Right, yeah. right. So um, it's definitely interesting that they're going out on this absurd ensemble movie and then just starting something completely fresh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else you got? All right. Uh, I kind of want to burn through the superhero movies real quick. I feel yeah. like we can just like list them off. Probably going to see most of them. Yeah. But, you know, okay, Deadpool 2 is coming out. 
I didn't. I didn't really care about Deadpool one, so that's a might see. I'm really not super invested in. Yeah, that. I probably will go see it. But uh, something that's kind of funny: the new Hotel Transylvania is coming out as well. Oh, what? And are they doing a third one? Yeah, they're doing a third one. But I don't know if you remember this, but Deadpool and Hotel Transylvania were like fighting each other in the box office for. Um, for like that February slot, yeah, it was or it was just like for the best performance in a month of all time, yeah, for a movie. And I think Deadpool and Hotel Transylvania, which is crazy to think, about. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's hilarious. It's like now three years later, whatever it's been, Deadpool, the sequel to Deadpool and the sequel to Hotel Transylvania two are now head to head, and it's a battle I'm looking forward to. Anyway. Uh, what do we got? New Mutants. Yeah, I really like X Men is going in this weird genre sort of thing because Logan was such a massive success, both critically and commercially, and that was like hard genre film. That yeah. wasn't just a superhero movie. It was it was a noir. It was a neo noir featuring a superhero character. Dude, I'm totally in for the X Men being Marvel's foray into experimental superhero movies. Yeah, New Mutants is going to be like this horror thing, sort of this Blumhouse style horror film so i'll i'll you know what? i'll watch it i'll watch it just for the weirdness yeah if uh and if this list is showing me anything that's that 2018 might be a little bit of a fatiguing year for movies because we've got superhero movies we've got sequels to we, properties whether we wanted them or not yeah and uh, reboots. The, the maze runner four the de- is it the death the death cure <laughs> i don't know so i feel dumb. like that's gotta be that's gotta be just what do you think it's about? Movie. What do you think it's about? I don't about? know. The do death they, cure? Are they movie? still running through mazes? Uh, I hope so. I don't know. That's the only thing that makes me moderately interested in these, that series. These fucking like, young adult post-apocalyptic novels. But Tom, the, the maze represents adolescence. Oh, shut up. <laughs> God. It's ad- the death cure, Tom. Okay, I figured that they were just going to put the kibosh on this stuff after they literally did not finish the Insurgent series. They were just like, yep, we're just not going to do another one because nobody wants to do it. There's no money. We might do a TV series. And it's just like, oh, wow, that's just... That's a sad state of affairs. I'm, maybe the Maze Runner is doing decently well. I, I don't know. But like, I have no idea. And I don't really care to know. No, I have that hard skip. Yeah, hard, hard skip. Hard skip. Uh, let's talk about some other hard skips here. Um, do you know Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again? <laughs> they did a sequel to Mamma Mia? <laughs> yeah, they are doing it. I thought they did all the ABBA songs. Are they just moving on to the B-sides? I love ABBA. Don't get me wrong. ABBA's great. But holy cow, what's the plot? I have absolutely no idea. Maybe Here they're just go again. They're just going to They're just going to reuse Maybe that's like maybe the title is a hint as to the plot of the movie. It's just the exact same plot. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. Now, that would be genius in branding. What? Yeah, that would be very nihilistic. Like, <laughs> yeah. it turns out the most nihilistic movie of the year. Ter- like, does Mamma Ma- Mia. <laughs> Mamma yes. Mia 1 and Mamma Mia 2. Like, it's like waiting for Godot. Like, the first act and the second act are, like, almost literally identical. And that's the point. Like, because life is an endless circle of pain and waiting. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> I would, uh. Uh, love that. I would hang my hat on that theory. Yeah. Uh, still a hard skip, though. Oh, I'm not going to pay my money hard skip. for a middle finger 
projected on a screen for two hours. I'll, here's a hard skip for me, and I think people might find this surprising. Ready Player One. Really? It's directed by Steven Spielberg based on the uh, Ernest Cline novel of the same name. The novel was a pretty big success. Yeah, have you um, read it? No. I've, I, because I, I heard the plot, and I'm just like, I'm not really super interested in this. <laughs> like, it's just 80s nostalgia, the movie. Right. You know, and or like, you know, it's all got all these characters, like, oh, the Iron Giants, and like, oh, remember this? But remember in what that? capacity? How in what capacity could be these, these characters possibly? Well, it's it's because they, um, one, probably because they paid for the rights, and two, <laughs> because the whole idea is that they're in this virtual world where you can be anybody and like people choose to be the things of their childhood and and granted and please please let me know if i'm completely off base here like if if i'm missing some key thing where it's about overcoming nostalgia or something like that who knows if that's what it's about i'll watch it but i kind of want to know just what the story is i don't know i'm just like I saw the trailer, and I'm just, like, so unbelievably uninterested in finding out, honestly. So I'll be honest. I actually – I've never read the book, but I have the audiobook, And yeah. I've tried to get through it two or three times, and it's a daunting – I don't know if you've seen the book. It's, like, over a 1,000 pages or something like what? that. It's insane. It's an epic, like, volume. Oh, Jesus. And I've tried to get through it before. Uh, I've gotten about halfway a couple of times. Is it good? I – you know what? Th- this is the thing. It's a fun story. It is a fun story. Um, it's not going to be something that you guessably that it's a movie about eighties nostalgia. It's going to be something that you've seen before. It's going to feel very familiar. Okay. You know, it's like an underdog well, character who is like poor and uses mm-hmm. video games to escape and has immersed themselves in this eighties subculture and blah blah blah. Puts well, him in a unique and it totally makes sense that Steven Spielberg would be directing it. Right. Of Surprise is not J.J. Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably assistant directing <laughs> if he's not busy working on Star Wars Nine or uh, the God Particle, which yeah, has had sort of supposed, a fraught release. That's supposed to be happening at some point this year. Yeah. Yeah. Which I so that's uh, the God Particle is Cloverfield Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, that's another supposed, sequel that we all wanted. That, that's got pushed. Well, here's what I will say: Ten Cloverfield Lane, surprisingly good. Yeah, I really was. enjoyed it. John Goodman, yeah, a great ad. Great and ad um, in the movie. I'm interested to see where it goes. Where it's kind of like this weird anthology series, where it's like each story takes place in the same sorted thing, but is largely unrelated to the characters are largely unrelated to anyone else. Because um, the first one was a monster movie, second one was like a you know tra- was psychological like a psychological thriller, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, one of those ones where it's like, oh, you're trapped in a certain space for a certain amount of time. Yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'll definitely give that a watch. I'll give I'll when whenever we get any details about it. But Ready Player One, I could see it being a huge flop. It could be, and I feel bad because like uh, they probably poured a lot of money into that. Yeah giving it to Spielberg and everything. So mm. we'll we'll see what what's up with that. Here's um, something that I would like to ask you about. Sure. Um, the sequel to Pacific Rim, because I know that you liked that movie. I did. Um, I'm lukewarm on it because I'm like, didn't we really say all we needed to say about Pacific Rim with Pacific Rim 1? And Guillermo del Toro's response, yo no sé. Yeah. <laughs> he's well he's he is not super involved with this one um is he not even directing it no 
Oh sh- no, it's a different uh, different director. But he chose. He like had help. He was helping choose the director. Okay. I think he had some hand in like the the story that they were that they're telling. But apart from that, it's largely uh, outside of him. Uh, this is all in like a Reddit AMA that he did. He, someone asked him about it, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, I was like, I'm glad they're doing. it. I'm excited to see what it looks like." Okay, because he really doesn't know much about um, where it's going. Where it's going, but. Not, I like I like the original a lot. It was a lot of fun. Some people really hate Pacific Rim. I thought it was good. I don't hate it. I didn't like it though. I feel nothing about it. Oh, that's it that's almost me, worse. <laughs> makes me feel nothing. Oh, that's too bad. I got a good I got a good laugh out <laughs> of it. It's fun. It's a fun movie though. It yeah. is a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> also, something that seems to be on the precipice of uh, potential failure is Solo's Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, I am legitimately worried about that. In what way that it, that it's a failure or that you're not going to like the movie? Both. Okay. Um, whenever there's a change in directors, that's always kind of scary. Whenever they have to bring on an acting coach really late into the filming pro- or really deep into the filming process, which they d- had to do for um, the lead character who's playing the lead actor who's playing uh, Han Solo, that's a little concerning. Um, I mean, Ron Howard has made some good movies, for sure. Uh, I think <laughs> I think this is really going to be a movie that was quote unquote directed by Ron Howard, in the sense that this is probably a lot of decisions coming from upstairs, from Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm and uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who's also part of Lucasfilm. So uh, we'll see. I don't know because we we've seen no marketing. It's it comes out in May. Yeah. That's not far from now. Yeah, it's less than five months. We've seen a poster that literally just has the title on it. No trailer, no teaser, no nothing. Although, at this point, do you need a trailer for a Star Wars movie? Well, yeah. I mean, they're probably not going to release one for a little while because they're still riding the the Last Jedi train. Like, that's hu- that was a huge release. Like, people are still talking about The Last Jedi. There was a really annoying article on IndieWire written, why the hell isn't anybody talking about The Last Jedi for Best Picture? And I'm just like, all right, pump the brakes there, Chief. Yeah, come on. Like, I, trust me, I love that movie. I thought it was great. But mm. but uh, for Star- Solo, Star Wars Story, I'm going to see it. Uh, after Rogue One, though. It's kind of a high bar. What? You didn't like, high- you didn't like Rogue One? Not a lot. For well, it, it, was, it was at best middling. Okay, for me. So I I I liked it. I liked things about it. The characters were incredibly flat. Um, I would agree with that. Visually, it was very cool because it was a little bit dirtier, grittier version of uh, Star Wars. But it was for me, it was more of a missed opportunity. And I'm afraid that this is going to be another missed opportunity to do something interesting outside of the main like you know series and are we maybe even are we hinting at a little bit of star wars fatigue already i'm just fucking tired of this you know remove tlj from the canon i'm just tired of that yeah well that's ridiculous uh star wars star wars fatigue i can franchise fatigue yeah is 2018 the year of franchise fatigue probably because yeah. i'm just i'm just about had it i will watch i'm like begging to watch something that isn't part of a expanded universe i really am like where's the original content we do have um we do have wes anderson's new movie i new love animated dogs film I love yeah dogs. that looks like a lot of fun that's gonna be a, a definite c for me yep um 
in this film school rejects article though they they point out this movie that i've heard nothing about it doesn't come out until august so it's you got a while on it but it's called the happy time murders oh yeah and directed by brian henson uh and who if that is, name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's Jim Henson's son, uh, <laughs> head of the Henson Company. And uh, the way they describe it in the article is, who framed Roger Rabbit meets the Muppets. And that sounds hilarious. That sounds amazing. And like this, this like... Here, I'll just I'll just give you the synopsis they have. Uh, the all-puppet cast of an 80s kid show are being murdered, and only a disgraced cop can stop the slaughter? <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That sounds- is there a rating on it? I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I'm guessing R. I if you're gonna if you're R. gonna go with that dark of a concept, like that black of humor, I think um, you are. Go, you might as well go for the yeah, the R. Definitely because that'll be the R most territory. fun. That'll be the most fun for it. Um, let's see. Uh, one one reboot. I am reboot sequel. I am excited for is uh, the Predator. Yeah, directed by Shane Black and co-written by Fred Decker. And I, I mean. Most people, I don't know if they know how much we love Predator. <laughs> I even liked Predators by Robert Rodriguez. I thought that was decent. Yeah, with uh, Eric Foreman in it. Yeah, <laughs> I can never as, remember as a serial killer. Name. Yeah, it's so dumb. Well, this is a this is a crazy interesting cast: Keegan Michael Key, Olivia Wilde, uh, and the, Shane Black was in the original Predator. Yeah, Shane Black was the annoying misogynist. Yeah. And uh, now he's <laughs> his movies are sometimes annoyingly misogynist. And now he's a director. Yeah. So, I mean, I take Shane Black with a grain of salt every time. Uh, I understand that the movies he does are not particularly like um, groundbreaking. Well, not. Yeah, they're they're just they're just goofy kind of. I mean, he wrote most of the original Lethal Weapon. And then he did stuff like The Nice Guy. I think The Last Boy Scout as well. The dude's the dude loves Christmas. The dude loves <laughs> violence. He loves sex. It's He's a little bit juvenile. I'll give him that. But I'll be damned if I don't enjoy a lot of the movies that he's a part of. Like, I loved The Nice Guys back in 2016. I thought that was a really fun movie. And I'm just excited to see this franchise coming back because I think The Predator is a great franchise. I think if I got one of these every five years... That would be pretty cool. I'd be okay with that. Just give me give me some sci-fi horror action. I like a little bit of that. Like a little bit of that. So that's a that's a will see. That's a will see for, for me. That's for sure. a will see. Uh we do have Ocean's 8, the all-female reboot. Not reboot, sequel, sidequel, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh all-female Ocean's 11 in the Ocean's expanded universe. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yeah, another one. Um and it looks it looks great. This is looks this looks like fun. It's full of uh, actors I want to watch. Sandra Bullock is back. You've got um, Mindy Kaling, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Exciting! I'm excited to see her in this. Yeah, this seems like it's an opportunity for Rihanna to be badass, cool. Anne Hathaway, great. Um, God, what's Tim Burton's former partner? Helena Bonham Helena Carter. Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. Former partner. I didn't know about that. I don't know if they're still... It's Anyway. Who cares? Yeah, who gives shit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing that I'm kind of interested in, uh, another literary adaptation, is The Girl in the Spiderweb. And the reason that I'm interested in it is because it was the first book that was written by David Lagerkrantz, who has taken up the mantle of the girl who kicked the... Girl uh, girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, the Millennium series. Yeah. 
took um, it over from Stieg Larsson. From Stieg Larsson. Who is dead. Mm-hmm. He, di- he died before those books were even published. Yeah, before they were, yeah, exactly, 2004. Yeah, holy cow. And um, I thought the reason that I'm interested in it was because while I saw that this was the case, that this was the first book that he had written, it got me kind of thinking, like, who gave David Lagerkrantz the license, basically, to start writing in this series? And apparently, it was the estate, which went to his, Stieg Larsson's brother and father. Okay, yeah, that's what I figured, that they would have just approved. But there's a little bit of a, like, a controversy going on, which I read about Ava Ava Gabrielson who was Stieg's longtime partner they weren't married mm-hmm. but Stieg did make it sort of clear that he wanted her to be a part of his estate obviously I mean they were they were partners but because they weren't technically married and he died in such an untimely and unexpected manner all of the estate and all of the like earnings went to the brother and the father and she is has no part of it and she is very like staunchly against this this release and this these writings and everything and i can understand why i mean when i saw that they had released a new book in the series written by someone else i'm like right exactly it's just sort of like a squint your eyes and inhale (laughs) it that's exactly what it feels like yeah no that's uh that's a good way to put it um hmm I think that I. I mean, and, will and I've not heard see that, it. I don't think I'm going to see it. And I heard this one doesn't have. They're not bringing back Daniel Craig or um, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. So Rooney Mara was the English one. Numi Rapace was Swedish, and she was girl with the dragon tattoo in all three of those movies. Mm-hmm. And I really liked those movies. I really liked the Swedish movies. Yeah, and I really loved the David Fincher one, and they and and they just never did the other two. They just did Girl with Dragon Tattoo, and it was a great movie. And it's too bad that they're going to just basically reboot the series with Girl in the Spider's Web. With the fourth one? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense to me either. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, uh, given that I'll wait background for a trailer. information. Yeah. I'll wait for a trailer, sure. but I'm not uh, too worried about it. Should we do like a lightning round to feel like lightning round? Well, no, you know what? Let's, um, God, there's just so many movies being so many. Dan, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put out the one that I am the most excited for. All right. I'm going to put out the one. Yeah. The, the movie that I am most excited for, for next year or this Jesus next year, the most, the movie I'm most excited for, for this year is the, sequel to halloween really new halloween i'm really interested to see where it goes because we are in the middle of this kind of resurgence of horror as a major genre and halloween is arguably the the godfather of the slasher genre some people say psycho i really think that the slasher genre doesn't start proper until halloween comes out and the thing about this new Halloween is John Carpenter, I'm pretty sure, is involved in a producing role. But this is inspi- This is going to be from uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Right. I who, saw that they were writing that. Exactly. They are writing writing and directing. And Danny McBride has recently been sort of dipping his toes into horror. He was in Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant, yeah. And I think the thing is, is that, as we've said many times on the show before, the anatomy of a scare and the anatomy of a laugh are very similar. So that's why Jordan Peele was so good at doing Get Out, is because he understood how to build things. It's it's construction of scares that really makes something great and with this kind of 
great focus and great care. And I think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride will be able to pull that off. Plus, they are bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis to play Laurie Strode. And I'm pretty sure... Now, this is all about continuity and stuff like that. So I'm not real. Honestly, they could have done anything with this as long as they made it interesting. I don't really care how it works with like the other five, six Halloween movies. I think there's eight in total, something to that effect. Um, this is going to be direct sequel to the original Halloween. Right. So they're ignoring the rest Halloween of the Halloween two film. through whatever. and um, Which is awesome. It's cool. But there was some fun, like bizarre mythos built up about like michael being laurie strode's like brother and all this weird shit but i'm super excited to see it i think i'm legitimately this is a franchise film that i am legitimately very excited for and if it cuts some of the fat and some of just sort of the confusing over bloatedness and of the you know of the other sequels i think that it'll be you know i think yeah. that it'll be a success for like the theme and, as well as the you know and i did enjoy rob zombie's version but like it was very rob zombie let's yeah. just say that yeah <laughs> um i wasn't a huge fan of his style of doing it i'm very i'd like to get back to a little bit more uh classic sort of thing or maybe you know what? if they do something really interesting and new i'd be hopeful for that i'm just hopeful to see something interesting out of this out of this duo and i guess if i'll throw in my most anticipated movie of the year i'm not really sure uh how i'm gonna feel about this in a couple of months <laughs> but you know what i'm gonna go ahead and give pixar a plug i'm really excited for the new incredibles movie really i loved the first sure one, and i, th- I rewatched yeah. it not too long ago it's great it's a it's, it's a great pixar movie. Good. maybe my favorite pixar movie my only worry is that they keep going back and leaning on their past successes when they know that they can have a big hit with something original, like Coco. Coco was huge for them. Coco was a big hit, and there there is there are larger conversations to be had about to have about Coco. Um, but at the you know you can't argue with the box office. Coco was a huge hit. It's probably going to win best animated feature. Yeah, at the Oscars. Certainly. Um, but yeah sort of a kind of a creepy origin to that movie they originally wanted to call it el dia de los muertos and they tried to copyright that name and there was like you this can't. there was this huge like el uprising in california and everywhere else um it's like you can't like you can't just take a cultural um a, a holiday. cultural holiday and celebration and away from an entire culture of culture people. of people just Jesus because you want to make a fucking movie yeah dude call it something else yeah literally call it something else yeah but no that's interesting i i do want to see where they go with it because it did leave a lot of it's a big universe and a fun universe that they kind of created there and i wouldn't mind seeing where it goes but i'm always worried when they do a sequel to something that uh, so long after like i said the same worries about blade runner 2049 it ended up being one of my favorite movies of the year but when you are revisiting something, you know... There's a chance of staleness, for sure. Yeah, and there's also, like, it's like porcelain. Like, it's your finest china. The Incredibles is such a well-done movie, so fun and great and well-written and well-acted, all that great stuff, that I'm always a little bit afraid that if you uh, mess with it, if you try to replicate it, you're just going to get something worse. Now, it's not always true because I think that if you really 
do your work and um, understand what made the original so great, you can result in a great sequel. But we'll just... There's always only the, time will tell. There's always the rare case of the great sequel, you know. Sure, but more often than not, it's the narrative of the disappointing sequel that sort of rings true. Um, what else you got, Tom? Anything else that you're? No, I think realistically, to? I think realistically, we've covered our bases in terms of these big releases. Um, there's so many more too. Oh God, like, there's so we, we maybe got halfway through, if that, if that. Um. It's you a know, daunting task. It is. So we're just going to be taking it as it comes. But let's – well, I'll, let me say this. As much as we talked about these big releases, and we're going to go see them, and I'm sure you will too, uh, Let's. we're going to keep our lens on Chicago and what's happening here for sure, for for sure. You are listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGN Plus, your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we will see you next week. Yeah.